This is Philly Proper, episode four. Besides Ridge Avenue and Francisville, which I know is a huge boom for um, for many builders and developers right now, are there any other pockets in the city that you really think are going to be hot? Other main areas that we're focused on would be South Kensington along the uh, Gerard Avenue corridor. We're getting ready to start a 36-unit project at Gerard and 7th, just along Gerard Avenue east of Broad. Mm-hmm. Another area that we're Spending a lot of time in is in Germantown and Mount Airy neighborhood. We just finished a 33-unit project. We have a 17-unit project going on right now in Washington Lane and uh, looking to do a third project uh, just off of Germantown Avenue as well. You're listening to the Philly Proper Podcast. Meet the experts developing Philadelphia's real estate market right now. If you're looking for insights into the city's changing landscape, you're in the right place. Stay tuned to hear the personal stories and experiences of developers large and small. Be sure to join the Philly real estate community and visit phillyproper.com for project information, episode highlights, and more. Thanks for tuning in to Philly Proper. I'm your host, Catherine Blessington. And for today's show, I'm here with Mike Tester of Tester Construction Group. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, Catherine. How are you doing today? I'm fantastic. Can't complain. It's quite sunny. I've been outside for a little while trying to uh, try to relax a little bit on Monday. So no big deal. Yep. Got to get some outdoors time today. It's a beautiful day. And we're very happy to be a part of the podcast. So thank you for having us. Oh, thanks. Yeah, of course. Thank you for joining me. So for those of you listening at home, Tester Construction is Tester Construction Management and General Contracting, which specializes in multifamily and mixed-use projects in Philadelphia. They've built some of the highest quality residential real estate sold in the city recently. So Mike, thanks for joining me. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to uh, to hearing all about what you have going on. Yeah, absolutely, Catherine. So Yeah, just to give you a little bit of background on Tester Construction Group, we're a construction management and general contracting firm. We specialize in mixed-use, multifamily projects. A lot of projects in the city of Philadelphia is the lion's share of our work. And they typically have a component of commercial or retail on the ground floor with residential units above. And our typical projects are usually like five or six stories um, with a component of parking, commercial, and apartments. And we have uh, about 30 active projects right now going on, many of which are in the city of Philadelphia. And we do have some projects going into the suburbs of the city, such as Ambler, uh, Jenkintown, and Lower Marion. So we're starting to spread outside of the city a bit, too. Wow. Well, 30 projects is a lot. Now, are, are all of those like mid-rise, five stories and up, or are you working on any single families right uh, now? We do have some single families. Um we just finished up, most notably, 23 affordable housing units um, in the West Poplar neighborhood of the city. So that was all nice. 23, actually two-story single-family homes, um, all affordable, part of the affordable housing program. And we do have a six-single-family uh, development project going on in South Kensington. And we do have, you know, miscellaneous single families, but in general, uh, most of our projects are multifamily mixed use. Nice. Now, did you always start in construction or how did you end up, how did you end up starting Tester Construction? Where did that come from? Um, so I 
originally worked for about 10 years uh, before I went out on my own and worked for the two big employees I worked for were Hunter Roberts Construction Group. They're a large union uh, general contracting construction management company in the city. They're like the third largest union GC in Philly. And I worked for a developer, uh, O'Neill Properties Group, and ran construction there. So I did about 10 years of working more in the corporate picture on uh, bigger construction and development projects in the city and outside of the city, and then decided to you know, take my chances and go out on my own and start a tester construction group. Wow. Now, was it, was it hard, the transition from, you know, 10 years is a long time to be working for, working within the industry, I think is, that's plenty of time to gather as much information as I know you have to start a business like this, but did it pan out exactly as you planned when you made that transition? Um, you know, it was, I guess the, the good thing was that I did, uh, do it at a good time. You know, started about four years ago. Obviously, the real estate market and construction market in the city was really booming, as it has been. You know, up until the recent pandemic and some slowdowns we have. But I really did start the company at a great time, um, and I found that there was a huge demand for trusted construction managers and general contractors. There's a lot of developers, investors that wanted to hire good construction companies and they weren't really maybe satisfied with their current contractor. So I think a lot of it was timing and just there was a good demand for uh, the services that we were providing, but it certainly didn't come without, you know, a ton of hard work and making some mistakes along the way and uh, learning, learning on projects too. So, you know, it was, it was definitely difficult at times and we learned from some mistakes that we made. Um, but in general, it was, uh, it was a really good decision and a great transition and certainly can't imagine going back and working for somebody else. So <laughs> I hear that. So it looks like, uh, you have quite the team now. How many people are working at Tester? Uh, so we have 24 employees. Um, we have a combination, a lot of field project managers and superintendents. Uh, we have carpenters and laborers on staff, and then we have a full office staff. Um, of accountants, estimators, and project managers. So it's about, it's about 20, 25 people total, and um, a lot of which were working for with me on the other companies before I went on my own. So I've been able to kind of recruit people from those from my background and other companies. And we had like a good working relationship already to hit the ground running when we started a few years ago. Yeah, that's amazing. I think if you can if you can pull people that you know are are good at what they do and that you already have a, an established relationship with when you start your own company, that's fantastic. A lot of people don't get that opportunity. Um, so how how many projects did you have right out of the gate when you started Tester, and now you're doing at least thirty this year that you have going on right now? Um, did you start off running, or was it a little bit slow? To yeah, build up? no, it was definitely slow to build up. Uh, started with just two projects that um, we got permits on, and that was basically the timing that I had. I left my previous employer and started the company. So started with two and took them basically to completion to make sure that they went successfully, and we hit our schedule and budget and everything for our clients. And then from there, we grew quickly after that. So. We just started with a couple projects, and then from there, we, uh, you know, we, we scaled the, the operations after we completed those. 
Yeah. Well, I know you had about 10 years or so before starting your own company. Um, but obviously, as, as somebody who works for themselves, I, I realize that you know, starting your own company and working for somebody else are two totally different things because you end up having to do a lot of the not always, but a lot of the ancillary job roles, like administrative, billing, accounting, etc. So is there, uh, is there anything that you focus on during the day that um, maybe when you're when you were just starting, you were focusing more on something else when you're building out the company? Yeah. Or maybe you could just give me a, an idea of what your average day looks like and how you run, you know, an office with 25. Sure, yeah, I, um, I'd say it's, you know, since we started, I finally have been able transition into more of what I would like to be doing and what's probably the best use of my time, which is dealing with our, uh, you know, having meetings with our clients and spending a lot of face-to-face time or um, updated time with them to keep them well in the loop of what's going on. Um, handling the estimating and pre-construction process for the company, which is, you know, budgeting projects and bidding on projects to bring in new work and, you know, managing the workplace and our culture and you know our employees so i've been able to focus kind of on those three parts of the business now which is great but yeah it did, it did take me i'd say pretty much this whole time since i started to get to that point where as you're alluding to you know i was doing accounting and uh paperwork and every miscellaneous <laughs> thing you think to running to job sites and dealing with miscellaneous right. issues there um so it takes a while to get there but with the, with good staff and bringing in some additional executive people, I'm starting to be able to manage the business a little bit on a higher level, which has been great. Yeah, totally. And do you have, do you still uh, converse with either old bosses or mentors you had in the past to, to help you grow out your business or just evolve in the position that you find yourself in at Tester um, now? Yeah, actually I do. I've, uh, you know, I've had a few really good mentors throughout the years that, you know, I would never uh, be where I am at without, without having them and without, you know, their guidance and leadership. So I do stay in touch with them pretty regularly, um, especially when you have kind of some tough decisions to make, uh, you know, kind of times like this that we're in right now with the pandemic and how to handle your staff and, you know, how to really still succeed in a difficult climate. So times like this are a great example of, when you really can lean on those people and I've reached out to them throughout the, the whole process, but certainly in critical times like this, it's been great to, to contact them. Yeah. Well, you, I know you said that you've been doing, you've had tester for the last four years and you were working for at least 10 and that's a full market cycle. I think right now, you know, if the market does dip at all based on this you know, pandemic that we're having, um, it's kind of like starting all over again a little bit, at least for like, for some of us who are kind of in the trenches looking at new construction and seeing what's possible right now while we're all sort of limited. Um, so it's it's good that you've been in the industry this long and that you have those people that you can lean on. Is there is there anything particular that you are doing right now during this pandemic to, you know, keep your projects moving forward in some way? Um, yeah, so I'd say... You know, some some key things that we're doing uh, just in general in the situation, you know, certainly staying optimistic and keeping my staff well informed with what's going on and keeping just the overall optimism up because I am still very optimistic about 
you know, our company and the success that we'll still have this year and just the overall market in, in the city um, in construction and development. We're, we're also staying in close touch with our clients and making sure that they understand, you know, what we're doing and where we're at with our projects in order to keep things moving as much as we can um, and then being prepared once shutdowns are finished and we're able to move ahead. And uh, specifically on projects, you know, we have been able to get um, three waivers across the board of our construction projects. They're, they're projects that have roofing work and siding work and are really exposed to the elements. So we're able to get them watertight so they're not left open. Um, and also just general fire safety, like sprinkler systems and fire alarm systems and being able to get them um, to the point where the buildings are safe. Uh, so we've, so we've, we've applied for numerous state waivers on our projects. We have been fortunate to get three. We do expect that's probably all we will get. And we're just focusing on those projects and realigning our staff. So, you know, keep, keeping people involved. And if we had project managers, each working on one project, we now have a few project managers kind of working where they can on their individual jobs. Just keep everybody engaged and push those projects along safely as much as we can. Of the 30 projects we have, we have three that are kind of working on limited operations with, you know, one trade at a time just to make sure that they're safe. We don't have a lot of people working and not following social distancing. But that has been good for us. And it's, you know, just at this point, having any work going on is, is uh, good news. So we're happy to have it. Yeah. Now, has this affected your construction budgets based on the timing? I know it's like the world pushed pause, but, you know, for many of us, things still track along. I know there's on the residential side for, for mortgages, for example, there's been a lot of, um, you know, forgiving and that sort of thing for a few months. Uh, have you seen anything like that with your lenders or construction financing? Um, we have not seen any direct impacts from lenders or financing um you know we still are having all the construction draws that we've processed are getting funded and you know everyone who's invoicing us is getting paid as far as the the costs and you know the the fallout um from the pandemic with overall construction costs i think will be very interesting to track and to monitor mm -hmm. a lot of our subcontractors have been forced to lay off a good portion of their workforce, um, if not all of it, depending on the trade and the subcontractor. And mm -hmm. I think some of the concerns for me for cost is just the amount of manpower that's going to be available once the shutdowns are lifted, because there's going to obviously be a large backlog of work of projects that are midway through and many subcontractors that have commitments to finish those projects, but not, are going to have to kind of regroup and restaff on their end to get the get the manpower needed for each of the projects. Um, overall, I don't see situations where we're going to have to be going back and changing budgets. I think the work, you know, the slowdown in work will also help with some of the buying power that we have um, to help, you know, tighten up budgets, frankly. But yeah. it's going to be a bit of a slow start. And I'd say, you know, to any developer, uh, general contractor, you certainly want to key in on what those you know, tight schedules are and the projects you have and who those key subcontractors are to make sure that they're you know, going to be ready 
say in a few weeks, hopefully when the shutdowns are lifted and you're going to be able to man your project. That would be my biggest concern. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it definitely feels like as soon as this is lifted, a lot of people are going to be excited to get back to work. So I think, you know, we might end up having one of the greatest summers of all time. <laughs> At least that's what I'm hoping for. Yes. I, and I agree with that completely. Um, I think, you know, it's going to be a tough April and May, obviously, but I am also very optimistic that when things open back up and this summer starts, everyone's going to be nationwide. It's just going to be, uh, everyone's going to be very excited and motivated to work, to have fun, to go out and to socialize. And I do think things could come roaring back um, even after a few tough months. Is there anything that you're looking to accomplish before the end of the year or any goals that you have in the, the near future for your business? The goals haven't uh, changed too much. I mean, I still want to, you know, continue to operate with the similar goals that we started the year, obviously um, as far as number of projects and starting new projects, it may drop a little bit, but you know, we were, we had certain financial goals and specific project size goals that we were trying to hit and we still intend on starting them um, and hitting those goals. We do have a 65 unit project that's scheduled to be finished in September. Uh, that will be our biggest project that we've completed to date. So that's just a you know, big goal for the company and looking forward to still doing that. Um, you know, but where's the, where's this one located? The 65 units. Jenkintown. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Um, and then we're building a project uh, at Kensington courts, um, 75 units. So we're, you know, looking forward to getting that, you know, through framing and topped out. That's our, that's our next biggest project um, as far as, you know, budget size. So that was another big goal for us. And then continuing, you know, just with our personnel, um, you know, we've got, we've got a good stable uh, set of employees, but we did want to add a couple more um, as new projects start to start. So we're, you know, we'd like to have a couple more employees and pick up a couple new projects between now and uh, the end of the summer. And is that like project managers or what type of role are you hoping to Yeah, project on? managers um, and superintendents, field personnel for our projects. Well, that's good. That means that you're growing still, which is great. Yeah, we, you know, we've, we were on a steady incline. So now we're, we're keeping everyone as busy as we can until the, uh, until this shutdown is lifted. But I do expect that, um, like we were saying, once the summer starts, projects will get started again and new ones are going to keep keep going. So we're still optimistic that we're going to continue to grow and hire. And um, that's really that's really our main goal for this year. So 65 units is a lot. Do you continue to keep building projects of that size or scale or is there a specific type of product? that you really, you know, that is your bread and butter, that's your niche market that you want to continue to build from now until the foreseeable future? Yeah, I, that is, that's definitely a project. Um, I'd say that's one that we want to focus on as far as size um, and construction type moving forward. You know, a typical project for us is a, like a steel podium. So um, steel over the ground floor or parking area with the concrete deck above. And then, you know, four or five stories of wood framing. Um, so that's kind of a typical project. We have about of 30 unit projects. We have four of them 
going on right now. So I'd say in the 30 to 100 unit range is our sweet spot of project size and what we would like to continue to focus on. And most of your most of the clients that you build for are developers uh, and investor clients, right? Do you work with any like home builders or private um, businesses or industries or things like that? Um, so we do we we do commercial fit at work. So we have done projects for um, you know businesses and tenants direct um, in their okay. you know for their commercial spaces. Um, and then, you know, otherwise it really is mostly developers um, and their, you know, their set of investor partners and everything that uh, we're, we're working with directly to build for. Mm-hmm. And do you personally invest in some of the projects that you're working on as well? So do you have an opportunity to get equity in projects or own a part of the deal as well? Uh, yes, we do. We, we partner up in JV with um, a couple of developers. Uh, that we also build for, so they're clients, but then also partners of ours, and um, you know we work together with them hand in hand on the development process. You know, most notably like the design and permitting and the engineering that goes along with um, you know getting a project into the you know the stages of breaking ground and getting a building permit. So we do uh, we do we are involved on the development side. Um, of acquisitions and financing um, and just the overall development approval process uh, to getting a project started as well. Yeah. Now, is that a a proposition that comes up often when you're meeting clients or going over proposals or just discussing deals with, you know, colleagues and friends that you have in the industry here in Philly? Yeah, I'd say it it does once we, you know, build a project successfully for somebody um you know it definitely like opens the conversation so once you start to build that level of trust and you know just the relationship a lot of our clients are our friends and you know we we spend time together outside of you know the day-to-day workplace and um we enjoy spending time together and figuring out how we can help each other's businesses typically if we build a good project for somebody and they're open to it then they'll often you know they may find a piece of land or something they're interested in, or we may find um, an acquisition and we bounce it off each other and just figure out together how we can collectively make it a successful project. Do you handle acquisitions personally as a member of your team when you're, I mean, I know everybody in the industry is, uh, you know, always looking at deals that come on the market. And obviously if you're, if you're focused on development specifically, you're always looking for land deals or, or, you know, value add opportunities. Is that something that you dedicate a portion of your day or week to, you know, finding these new deals? Or are you really just speaking with developers who have already kind of acquired land? We're, we're not as active in the acquisition process. Um, you know, we're spending more of our time uh, working through the construction and permitting and approval process. So um, I think we're we can provide like really good insight during due diligence on the construction costs and the approval process for clients and partners. Um, but we're, we're less active than a typical developer would be for the actual acquisitions. Okay. And we're, you guys are based right on Ridge Avenue and that, that corridor has seen a ton of development in the last couple of years. Uh, what type of projects are you working on or have you worked on right in that main quarter where you're, where you're located? 
our office is on the 1500 block of Ridge Avenue, and we have built three projects on that block. Uh, there are three nine-unit projects with commercial ground floor um, for all of them. You know, we're also getting ready to start a 15-unit project on the 1700 block of Ridge Avenue. So we have spent a lot of time over the last three years building uh, the Ridge Avenue corridor. Uh, our office is there, which is just very convenient. And we also b really believe in Francisville and that community and um, the, the growth of residential and commercial spaces along that corridor in North Philadelphia. So, you know, we're proud to be part of that transformation that's going on over the last few years. And we do continue to, uh, we will continue to invest in, and build projects there for the uh, foreseeable, unforeseeable future. That's excellent. Yeah, I've, I've shown quite a few properties in Francisville over the years. And most recently, I've shown, you know, a handful of condos as, as the marketplace becomes a little bit more dense and people still want to purchase, not necessarily rent out apartments. Um, and I've seen some of your work over there behind the Met, uh, just really, really high quality construction. So uh, bravo. Hope to see a lot more of it in the area uh, in the years to come. Thank you very much. Yeah. We take a lot of pride in, in the work and the finished product. Uh, we do want to create, you know, if we can, we want to create a, a really good commercial space because I'd say that's um, what's lacking a little bit right now, at least on Ridge Avenue and, you know, many of the arteries in Philadelphia that are still being developed. So we are trying to create some unique commercial spaces to attract small businesses such as our own um, to that area. And yeah. I've seen, you know, I've seen a few, uh, a few coming soon signs along Ridge Avenue corridor there. I know there's a new coffee shop that's opening up on the West side, right around 16, 1700 block. Are there any retailers that you are hoping to get in those spaces or type of retailers that you could see being successful there? Yeah, we, you know, we're actually on a project that we finished at the, at 16th and Ridge. We're talking to a craft brewery. Um, so we're optimistic that they would take us, uh, the space there. I think that would be a fantastic addition um, in general. Yes. In cafes, um, you know, some pizza restaurants and, you know, smaller commercial kitchen type of tenants would be great for the corridor um, coffee shops. So we are starting to see some of those tenants spark up and show interest and, you know, the uh, coronavirus and how that plays out over the next few months you know, I think we'll slow that down a little bit, but I do expect that as that passes and we head into the summer, a lot of those tenants are going to come back and um, show a lot of interest in those spaces. I agree. Yeah, I think it's a, it's an interesting time for retail, even before this, uh, you know, whole, whole quarantine thing happened and people couldn't really go out as much. Retailers, I think, were trying to give more experiences to their customers because if it's just consumer goods that you're purchasing, uh, you know, so much of that is done online now that people really want to go somewhere that has a certain aesthetic or a feeling and, and visually stimulating and experientially stimulating. So it's exciting to hear that there's so much space available right there that's so close to Center City. What are uh, what are some other areas in the city that you focus on? I, I heard you say Jenkintown. I know there's uh, quite a few offices are located in Jenkintown for some very large companies that, you know, that operate in Philadelphia. Um, but it's also a thriving suburb and has been for the last, you know, 40 years or so. 
Are there any other neighborhoods that um, that are notable for you that you think might be, you know, other main areas that we're focused on would be South Kensington along the uh, Gerard Avenue corridor. We're getting ready to start a 36 unit project at Gerard and 7th, just along Gerard Avenue east of Broad. So I had to interrupt just to tell you guys that the space between 6th and 8th, Girard Avenue, all the way north to Cecil B. Moore is seeing a ton of development as of late. In fact, I just listed four brand new bi-level new construction condos that you have to check out. It's called 8th Street Condos, and I'll put the link on the website. All right, back to the program. Another area that we're spending a lot of time in is in Germantown and Mount Airy neighborhood. We just finished a 33-unit project. We have a 17-unit project going on right now in Washington Lane and uh, looking to do a third project uh, just off of Germantown Avenue as well. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, Germantown and Mount Airy have a ton of new development going on. And, you know, they're some of the most green areas of the city because you're not in cent- you're not in center city, but you have access with the regional rails to get into Philadelphia within, you know, 20 minutes, which is phenomenal considering it takes about 20 minutes to get anywhere in the city. Yeah, exactly. It's, uh, it's, it's well served with public transport and, you know, you can, I think, I think people are attracted to it because it is a little bit greener. You can feel like maybe you're stepping outside the city and some of the hustle and bustle, but obviously you can get downtown very quickly and easily. Mm-hmm. So what are, uh, what are some of your favorite places downtown? I mean, it would be amazing if uh, you guys didn't end up getting a brewery right there on Ridge, Ave- Ridge Avenue. I'm sure, you know, all of your crew would be happy to have a little happy hour near the office after work. Um, but is there any place that you go out to regularly in the city or where people can spot you on a regular basis? Um, yeah, I'd say when we're, when we're going out, we like to uh, typically go to Fishtown. That's probably our favorite area to, you know, do happy hour or go out to dinner, spend time with friends. Um, favorite place would be Soraya. And, you know, we'll go there pretty often. But, you know, I just I love I love the uh, Frankfurt Ave corridor, as many, many people do. And I think the <laughs> bars and restaurants there are, you know, and being able to see live music in places like Johnny Brenda's and be able to get some really good, um, really good food along Frankfurt Avenue. So I'd say that's my favorite place to go in the city right now. If I could pick a night out, that's typically where we go. Yeah, Fishtown is definitely up there on my list as well. I remember back in 2008, 2009, Johnny Brenda's was really the only place in the city that you went to in Fishtown, at least that I went to in Fishtown. Um, Interstate Draft House and places like that I didn't really know about and there are some other pockets, like uh, basically right along Gerard and Frankfurt Avenue there. The M Room, I think, is the old place that used to be there, too. But certainly a lot has changed. Um, Soraya, also one of my favorite restaurants. Great interior spaces. Do you, uh, I know you said you fit out commercial spaces. Do you have any interest in the future in running your own commercial business of some, some sort? Maybe something like Soraya? Um, you know, probably... I think that would be very cool and to own a bar or restaurant sounds great, but I kind of realized that I got to stick with what I know and what I'm good at. And, you know, as much, as much fun as it sounds, 
I think I'll, I'm probably not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So no, no cafes in the future. <laughs> no, I don't think so. That's all right. I don't blame you. You sound like you got enough going on with construction already. Exactly. So, uh, so where can folks find you if they want to reach out, um, you know, if, if they want to send you a request for a proposal or something like that? Yeah. So, um, our website, testerconstruction.com, um, you know, we, we could certainly submit something there. I get all the emails directly myself that come through to that website, so it won't be missed. Um, our Instagram, Tester Construction, you can certainly message us there and follow us. That'd be great. You can see updates on all our projects, what we have coming up and, you know, what we're doing in the field. So those would be the two quickest ways to get a hold of us and, I can, I'll certainly be hands-on and all those requests because I'm actively involved in all the parts of the business still. So, Awesome. Well, I'm hoping that you're able to scale up soon enough so you can remove yourself from some of those parts that you don't have to deal with. Um, but it seems like you've done a really good job of it so far. Thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on today and sharing some of the info about what you do and the projects that you have going on. I'll be sure to uh, include some some links to the projects. And of course, I'll be tracking you as I'm filming around the city for all the updates on new projects as well. Yeah, Catherine, thank you very much for having me. I uh, look forward to being a part of the podcast and hope uh, we can join again down the road and talk further about what's going on in the city and construction and development and um, you know how we survived the pandemic and came out on top. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thanks again, Mike. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Philly Proper. For more information on Tester Construction and all of the projects that are referenced here on the podcast, be sure to visit our site at phillyproper.com. Till the next one, I'm Catherine Blessington, and this is Philly Proper.